funny because growing up, I always saw myself as equal to the boys. I was the only girl in my neighborhood growing up. And I think my parents did a very good job of making sure that I was on equal footing with my brother who was younger. So I was the oldest, which was helpful, but um, I never felt like there was anything that was out of my reach because I was a girl, because I was a woman. And I have to thank my parents for certainly starting me off on the right foot there. Um, but I found that as I got older, there's a space where I felt very nervous as a woman approaching the space of actually having kids. And I felt very um, afraid of what might happen to me. I had worked you know, rather hard to get where I was in, in certainly my career and um, within this family, which is a very unique family to be in. And I didn't want anything to kind of take me off that course. And in my mind, and I kind of had heard it out there, having kids, that can take you right off any course. You know, you got to focus your time and energy on children. And what I found on the other side of having kids and becoming a mom is I have never felt more empowered as a woman, as a female, than I do now as the mom of two young children. And I think that I would love to see out there within our society more women talk about that because yes, it is a ton of work. Yes, it is a lot of time that you commit every single day, every waking hour of your day, and probably not even when you're awake, to your children and making sure that not only are they alive and, and you know, they've got the food and, and whatever they need to stay alive, but that you're raising great human beings. And so I would love to see more people talk about why being a mom is so empowering for women, because I feel like we're in a really strange place where women are almost, I don't want to say discouraged from having kids, but there was certainly a lot of fear for me. And I think that a lot of women I've talked to have kind of resonated with that feeling. They say, oh, I felt the same way. But nothing, quite frankly, could be more empowering than having a, a, a life grow inside your body or adopting a kid and then changing that child's world and, you know, contributing to society in the long term. It's incredible. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think there definitely needs to be more conversation around that. And, you know, as a mom, you know, we don't want to be excluded because we're mothers. It, it actually, and we talk about this a lot, it actually shows that we are able to multitask. Yes. We're, we're, we're gifted with so many strengths of being a mom, mm -hmm. uh, holding down our home front business. And as you said, you're, you're within a high profile family. So you're held to accountability that a lot of, a, a lot of people will never understand, which leads me to my next question. You know, we, we've been talking about this since uh, last year, where do we want to see women show up more and what lanes is it in government? Is it science? Is it technology? Like where do we want to see women really step into their power and become even more educated and empowered. What would you say? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, I think something that is, is natural for me to say is, is certainly in, in our leadership and our elected officials um, across the country. And I, I really wasn't aware um, that there was any disparity between men and women, because like I said before, my father-in-law, 
became, you know, involved in politics. Really, none of our family was that involved in politics. And I, I, you know, I'll admit it, I really didn't take a lot of time to digest what was going on out there politically and who the elected leaders, not just on a, a grand scale and on the national level are, but local leaders as well. Um, and so I, I did realize after you know, involving myself in the campaign in 2016. And then I remained at the campaign and worked for my father-in-law's um, re-election campaign from 2017 until 2020. And I really got to know a lot of incredible people, you know, in the Senate and the United States House, but also at state levels. And we certainly need more women because women actually make up over half of our American population. So why shouldn't that be reflected in, uh, in our elected leadership. Um, and I am very happy to say and report that, uh, at least on the Republican side, I think we've done a really great job of encouraging more women to get involved. And let me tell you, I know personally how hard it is to make that decision. I actually thought about running for the United States Senate in my home state of North Carolina um, in the um, 2020, uh, 2022, sorry, midterms. And I decided not to do that because of my kids, because mm -hmm. my kids are three and five. And honestly, it felt like I could not have been the mom to my kids that I knew I needed to be and still do the job that I would have needed to do had I been elected to Senate. And so I get why a lot of women kind of shy away. Now, I say all of that to then say that when my kids are older, I certainly would be very open to serving in any capacity where I thought that I could help the, the country, help people of the country. And I don't know ultimately what that would mean or what that would look like. Maybe it's on a local school board. Who knows? But when I feel like I can dedicate myself in the right way, I will do it. But we've done a great job on the Republican side, recruiting women and getting more women involved. And I think you saw that reflected in the midterm elections this cycle. But I think we need to do more of that. And um, I, I think I, there is momentum building behind a lot of women. And let me just say this, not putting women in positions because we need more women in positions, putting women there because they earned it, because they deserve it, because they have great ideas, because they're the best people for those jobs. That is why we should have women in leadership roles, uh, certainly um, in the government. I think it's very important. So when you were doing, you know, when you were a senior advisor, I mean, you're predominantly in a male field, right? So yeah. how, what were some of the things that you had to face as not not just as a woman, but also being you know, the, the daughter-in-law of, of a high profile. I mean, there's so much more weight, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and I was also pregnant during uh, <laughs> this entire time. My son was born in 2017, September of 2017. So my father-in-law had been the president for like, what, eight months whenever he was born. And then my daughter was born in 2019, in August of 2019. So um, throughout this entire time, while I was senior advisor to his campaign and was involved in all of this, I was also pregnant twice. Um, and what I actually found is, and, and I hate to even bring this up because none of it ultimately matters, but the emphasis on the way I looked to people was always very, um, 
it, 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 it was very heavily, it weighed on me a lot because I never really, I always thought, well, I dress fine. I do my makeup and hair fine. But when you are out there and you are in front of people, whether it's on camera, whether it's people taking photos of you and you're unaware, like happened to me. And isn't it funny? They only like to take the pictures of me when I was like very pregnant. Funny how that works out. Um, and, and looked, you know, what I thought, of course, looked my worst. Um, but I certainly felt from the comments from, I mean, I guess you say the trolls online from whoever, there was always focus on the way I looked. And, and at first that's a lot to take in, especially I think as a woman, cause I think we probably consider our looks oftentimes more than men do. Yes. Um, but you know, it, it also just kind of, I took a moment and I looked back and I said, wait a minute, let me just zoom out for a second if they're only able to comment on how I look and they can't comment on the content of what I've actually said and done, it means I'm doing something right. I must be getting under somebody's skin who doesn't like that maybe I'm having an impact out there. And if you can't criticize anything that I've said and all you have is to try and critique how I look, man, I must be doing an okay job. So I had to really check myself because it's very easy to kind of slide down the slippery slope of, Oh, everybody's focused on how I look. How can I change it? And I had to say, wait a minute, I can't, I can't go down that path. But that was something I, I felt a lot um, initially. And I mean, it still happens today, but like, you just have to laugh at it. Cause you kind of, you got to kind of consider who these people are who would make comments like that. I couldn't agree more. It's, it's so interesting what um, the public focuses on. Mm -hmm. more, more so um, aesthetics versus like the actual purpose of things. Yeah. Uh, so I 100% I agree with you. So you have, uh, you know, clearly established yourself as this incredible, intelligent, well-spoken, beautiful mother. You have also been able to maintain individuality um, away from that high-profile family, and and still be Laura. <laughs> well, thank I you. Think <laughs> the question is, how do you do that? Oh my gosh! Well, it's funny because I think back to when my husband and I first started dating. And I truthfully, when, when I first met Eric, I did not know who his dad was. I didn't know his last name initially. I just knew I met some really tall guy out. His name was Eric. And we had a moment whenever we met out and I was like, oh, this could work. Cause he's taller than I am in heels. So I'm, I'm in the heels, <laughs> not him. Um, but that, that was sort of our initial meeting. And then I found out who his family was, who his dad was, who his mom was. And I was, and obviously for someone like me, someone who grew up in, a, again, a very normal American family to then think, oh, I'm going to have to meet Donald and Ivana Trump. That's that's kind of terrifying to have known that I was going to meet Ivanka or I, I don't think I knew about Don Jr., but don't tell my brother-in-law that. Um, it it can be kind of a lot to to take in. What I will say is when I met everyone in the family, they couldn't have been nicer. Everybody put me at ease. They welcomed me as at the time, Eric's girlfriend. And again, just a very, very pleasant all around great experience. Um, but I did find that as maybe people paid 
more attention to me than I was used to. I was like, well, how do I act? Do I act like Ivanka? Do I act like Melania? Do, how do I do this? And what I finally realized was that I can only be myself. Mm -hmm. And I am, I, I hope that anyone who has ever met me and my friends, people who I've known since high school will tell you I'm the same person now as I was way back when, when I graduated from Laney High School in Wilmington, North Carolina. And so for me, it's just an element of just having to stay true to who I am. And I can't, I can't be someone else. And believe me, I've thought about it because it's easy to say, oh, well, everybody thinks that this person is great. Maybe I do it like that person. But for me, I only know me and I only know myself. And again, I have to give a lot of credit to my parents. They, you know, always taught me that, you know, the most important person to check in with is you. Like you've got to be true to yourself because at the end of the day, you lay your head down on on that pillow and you're the only person in, in your own head and you know whether you did right, whether you represented yourself well and whether you were true to yourself. And so for me, this is all I know. And um, I appreciate you you saying that and noticing that um, because at times it's hard because people throw a lot a lot our way, that's for sure. Um, but I'm, I'm just proud to be who I am, to have the family and friends who, that I do. And um, honestly, to be part of something that I feel is much greater than, than me, to help keep this country, you know, the great country we've always known and loved and make it a great place for my kids and my grandkids and so on one day. And obviously that's the goal. I think what you have done and been able to maintain is, is so incredible. Like the grace that you have given and just the truth you've shared, you've always been very straightforward. You know, uh, I have, I have watched you for, for many years and I just think it's so, it's such a warm feeling to know that there is someone human, you know, because sometimes, you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah change and people change in the journey. And when they're put into these arenas, and like you said, you didn't know what to expect, but you main you maintained, you know, true to you. And that's a huge message for women to know that we are, are, we are, we are so incredible as we are that we don't need to become someone else. We don't have to conform. If, if we don't like something, we're allowed to share that opinion and not, be ridiculed for it, you know? So I think that you have definitely been that example. Is everybody gonna like what we say, what we share? No, but it's opinion, you know? Right. And people get caught up, that's when it becomes, I call it banter, because when someone expresses an opinion, another person doesn't like it, then there, there becomes this issue. But really what it is, is you have shown women, I can, if I can do this, you can do this you've shown women to want to go out and accomplish their dreams, their goals, whether it's something very small to something very grandeur. It's, it's, I don't know if you realize how many women really watch and listen and learn from you, but there's oh my a gosh, I, obviously I I'm so flattered. I, I really don't. And here's what I'll say, not to interrupt you. Th believe me, there have been times where I, I didn't know where to start. I didn't know where to begin. I didn't know necessarily how to do something, but I was just like, I just gotta, I gotta do it. I just have to go try. And some of my greatest lessons 
in life overall are the times where I failed, where I I didn't do things the way that I had expected to do them, where maybe I needed to be more prepared or, you know, even back thinking back to my time in uh, middle school, high school, college, I wanted to make some team. I needed to go back and practice a little harder. Those are the times where I hope people always realize that for people who you might see out there on TV or in a, in a bigger way on social media or whatever it is, we also have had to go through the hard times. We also have fallen on our face. We also have failed, but it's not about getting knocked down and saying, oh, I don't know if I can do it. It's about getting back up and doing it again and realizing how you can do it better the next time. So I, gosh, I appreciate it, but I can tell you, it's not, you know, it's not always an easy path for anyone. And I, I think that that's a good lesson for all of us out there. And I think about my kids one day and whenever yeah. my kids are a little bit older and they'll realize, I mean, my son is kind of starting to realize who his grandfather is. Uh, he's got two great grandfathers. My dad is a pretty, pretty incredible person too. Um, but grandpa Trump, who he is, what he's done, what he's accomplished, and there will be good and bad that comes with all of it. Um, and I need to make sure that they're strong and I need to make sure that they're resilient and I need to make sure that they are grounded and that they have a good foundation. And I want them to have challenges even now as little kids. So with that, when they get there one day and they face whatever they're going to face, they can get back up and they can do it again. So thank you. I, I really appreciate all of it. Well, thank you for for being so open. So let's let's backtrack a little bit. I did, um, you know, as I mentioned, I followed a lot of what you do, and I I see that you have this incredible skill of cooking. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so and, when oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So, so like you, you're the whole package. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let me get my husband on the phone. Hold on one second. He knows that. He knows that. Well, I, yeah, the reason that I ultimately met my husband, Eric, and the reason I was in New York City to meet him was because I moved to New York to go to culinary school from North Carolina. I, I graduated from college in 2005. I went to North Carolina State University, and it was a really kind of rough time job wise, I thought, gosh, I did everything right. Like I went to got great grades in high school. <clears throat> you know, I went to college, I graduated with honors, I did all of these great things. And where's the job waiting for me? And there wasn't a job waiting for me. I was a waitress, I was a bartender, I was a personal trainer, I did all kinds of different things. And one day I decided because I was so interested in cooking and baking, I was like, you know what? I should just apply to culinary school. So I did. And I got into the French Culinary Institute, which is in Soho in Manhattan. And I, I'll never forget going to tell my parents. I was like, so I applied to culinary school and I got in and I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to go to culinary school. And they were like, wow, we're so excited for you. I hope that you have a great loan that you're planning to take out to go to culinary school uh, because they thought that was a little a little crazy, a little different. They weren't sure what I was going to do with that. And to be honest, neither was I. I just felt this need to do it. And I was like, God, I'm, I feel very drawn to, to pursue this. And so I decided to. Um, and so that's that's why I ended up in New York. And um, I had a cake company called Lara Lee Confections uh, for like a year and a half in New York. And I made 
all kinds of, I, I could literally make anything into a cake. I love the uh, artistic portion of it. I think so much. Um, people would send me a picture of, you know, a, a shoe box with shoes inside. And I would make that into a cake or this will date me a Blackberry phone. Uh, and I would make that into a cake. I know this is way back when. And so I loved doing it. And my husband's favorite stories to tell are about, we, we met when I was still in culinary school and I would make all kinds of delicious things at school, but also then for him, I would make him ice cream cakes. And he always goes, yeah, she would make everything from scratch, the ice cream from scratch, the cake from scratch, the little cookie crumble on top from scratch. And I would get these ice cream cakes all the time until we got really serious dating. And then the ice cream cake stopped. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> now, in fairness, my husband got on like a kick where he was doing like, I think it was the Atkins diet, which is like zero sugar. So I would go to all the trouble to make these cakes. And then they would sit in the freezer and get freezer burned. And I was like, enough with making the cakes that are getting freezer burned. So, um, but I loved it. I love doing it. And, you know, I always feel like God has a plan for us. And sometimes we don't know that plan in the time we want to know. He reveals it to us later and in, in his own time. And I certainly, uh, you'll never convince me otherwise. I believe that I had this, this instinctual drive to go to culinary school in New York City. And it was to bring me there to meet Eric. And, uh, you know, it, the rest is history. But um, if you ask my husband whether or not I still bake, he will tell you not often enough. So I need to get on it a little bit more one of these days. I I just, when I, when I found that out, I thought, wow, how awesome, because <laughs> I grew up, um, my mother was a cake decorator and baker uh, oh. where I was born. And, and that's a long time. Uh, my so grandfather cool. worked in the Las Vegas hotels as a baker and cake decorator. Oh my and gosh. So my son went to pastry school and graduated. And so when I saw that, I was like, wow, that is so amazing because it's an alignment. It's just something yeah. that I feel so drawn to talk to you about. That's and so I cool. noticed that you are a huge animal advocate. Yes. Now I, I mean, from my earliest memories have always loved animals, um, just felt very connected to them. I, from probably my earliest, earliest memories, always wanted a dog. I finally got our first dog um, for our family was in fifth grade. And I begged my parents for a dog and they did something back then that was not as popular as well known as I think it is now, which was that they insisted that we rescue a dog if we were going to get a dog. So they took us, my brother and I to the local shelter. And, um, I, I saw our first dog pepper there in a little cage and she lived to be like 19 years old. And from that point on, I was such a rescue advocate because I, I, again, it wasn't very popular when I was a kid and I'm so happy that it is now, but we still need to make it more popular as far as I'm concerned, because um, I can tell you if you rescue a dog or a cat or any animal for that matter, a horse, whatever it might be, they know that you rescued them. The love that you will receive from those animals is unlike anything um, you can imagine it's so great. And um, I, I try to work with anyone I, I can. Anytime anyone tells me, oh, this group, you know, is doing something great for animals. I always try to be there to 
to champion that in any way I can. I work closely here in Florida with um, a great rescue. It's called Big Dog, I'm sorry, Big Dog Ranch Rescue. And they are the largest cage-free, no-kill dog shelter in the entire world. It's here in Southeast Florida. Um, It's just, it's a great thing and it's a cause very dear to my heart. And I will also give a shout out to my father-in-law while he was president, because while he was president, um, I may or may not have whispered in his ear that I thought it would be a great thing to do, but um, he did sign into law something that deemed that um, animal abuse was a federal crime and and not just a state yeah. crime. So it actually made penalties much harsher for people who abuse animals. Um, so I'm I'm very proud to say that he did that as well, as it should be. I, yes, I, it's that's that's amazing. So. We have talked about so much and such a little bit of time, and I'm so grateful that you came on with me today. If there is one thing, Laura, that you could say to women who are watching, what is one message that you would really want to convey today? Oh, my gosh. I just think that, look, women are the most powerful beings on the planet, and you have to really take a second to appreciate it. We are the only beings on the planet that can have life grow within our bodies. We are the only beings on the planet that can then get that life out. And it is often up to us to sustain that life. But in addition to doing that, we can do any and everything else. And I, I, that is never lost on me, the importance of being a woman. And let's face it, the world would cease to exist without women. Any married woman knows that. Any mom knows that. Any daughter knows that. We all know it. We feel it. And we need to embrace it. And I don't think you can ever forget that. And it's something that I hope to instill in my daughter. Um, She's only three years old right now, but I can tell you she's as sassy as they come. So (laughs) she's headed down a good path on that front as well. Well, thank you so much for sharing. When you are not just being this incredible woman, what do you do for downtime? How do you relax? (laughs) What downtime? No, um, I feel like I'm probably like a lot of of moms out there and a lot of working moms. Uh, There is not enough time in the day. I, I don't have enough hours. And I probably exist like a lot of women do, which is, you know, I day to day am am doing whatever I need to do for my kids, for my dogs, for my husband, for work and getting it all done while everyone is awake. And then everyone goes to bed and then I'm still getting things done, getting lunches ready for the next day, finishing whatever laundry needs to be done. And then if at the end of the day, I get like 30 minutes, I, I just need to take take some time. And sometimes it's just watching like a mindless show on whatever it might be. So for some reason, I've been on like a serial killer kick. Don't ask me why that might be a bad reflection on me. But I just need to watch something that is not political, that is not about our current day to day events in life that just takes me kind of outside of myself. Aside from that, I mean, I really value, um, you know, exercise. It's been I've been an athlete my whole life. So I try to do something once a day. And a lot of times it's very early before anybody else is awake in my house. So that's right. I'm going to bed after they're all asleep. I'm waking up before the rest of them get up. But I think moms appreciate that. We all do that all the time. Um, And so that's something that just, it's a consistent thing. I try to do 
every day, get out and sweat somehow. And it's just how I maintain focus. And I actually think a lot during those workouts, whether it's like half an hour and I'm just going for a quick run or whatever it might be, it really is the time I take for myself. And I think it's very important that anyone out there takes that time, whether you meditate, whether you, whatever it is you might do, whether you pray, what take that time and just have a little bit of like internal quiet. And a lot of stuff comes to me in those times. So I think that's very important as well. I definitely live by that. Uh, I am up before everyone else. Yeah. So the last one to go to sleep, but I have to say, I appreciate the tranquility in the morning and mm-hmm. coffee. It's yeah. like, <laughs> totally. I, I have a mad love for coffee. Oh, me too. We've got a lot in common. We have the pastry stuff and the coffee. I know I can't drink enough coffee. In fact, here we are. It's coffee in here. I know. I'm ashamed to say it, but it's true. My husband is like, can you just give it a rest with the coffee? And I'm like, you don't understand. It's just the one thing that I find so much joy in, you know, in that quiet solitude. I think that we as women need that Mm -hmm. uh, up your energy time. You know, we deplete, you know, we're we're the glue. I really feel like we're the glue in so many ways. So if we're not taking care of ourselves, if we're not paying attention to ourselves, you know, we're not really helpful to anyone else around us. And there was a long time where I battled with like the mom guilt. Mm -hmm. Uh, traveling. Oh, but my kids, oh, but my grandkids. And I had to like, really have like this heart to heart with myself and say, Hey, wait a minute. The things that I'm doing is because I'm, I'm building this legacy for them. I'm working towards something for them with them in mind. But so many of us deal with like that mom guilt that, what do I do? You know? So I'm, I'm, just so grateful that you opened up and shared because I feel like you're a breath of fresh air when, oh. when, when we're listening and talking, um, women are, are going to just be inspired by all that you've done. Oh, thank and- you. We, we all feel it though. I think we all have that mom guilt, something that really kind of, uh, my, my kids really impressed upon me was when, uh, you know, it's hard if you travel, I, look, if I travel for a couple of days, I try to get my mom to come stay with them because quite frankly, nothing feels better than having my own mom with my kids if I can't actually be there with them. Um, But if I travel a lot, I'm like, oh, is this gonna be bad for the kids? What I realized is that that the kids know like this is for work and and they'll they'll like role play and my daughter will pretend she's me and she'll be like, okay, I'm going to New York for work. And I was like, okay, well, she gets it. And that's great that she understands, you know, so it, it actually took a little pressure off of me to when I would feel so bad about it and and hate to go, but had to go wherever it might be, they get it and they see that and they'll remember that forever. Well, I saw my mom doing X, Y, and Z and she was out there working. She was out there hustling. So I can do it too. And I fully expect that both of my kids will have that same mentality. Definitely. I think it's important that we include our kids in what we do. Yeah. Um, Not so much, you know, like putting them on the sidelines, but actually putting them in so that they understand like what mom is doing, what dad is doing. Um, it's, it's all about the example that we're setting, you know, and we have, we've lost some connection. Uh, we were talking about this earlier in a, in a different episode about, uh, women who are in their late forties, like myself, 
we have this duty, this responsibility to really help the younger generation of women who are coming in and showing them like, hey, you know, maintain integrity, honor yourself, be true to yourself, be relatable, be, be transparent in the sense of, and be respectful, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. understand uh, business, understand fundamentals. If you are that young woman who wants to go to college, make the most of it, you know, step outside of your comfort zone, all these things that we've been hearing for so long, but we, ha- in order for us to pick that duty up and take it and teach it, we have to do it ourselves. That's and right. that is what you have done. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm again, I'm honored and, and humbled and, and flattered. And I never in a million years would have expected to be in, in this space where I am today and in, in this family, but it is, it's truly just been, it's been an honor of a lifetime to be able to do it. And again, I just try to every day, I just live by what I know to be right. And, and, I can only be myself. And so I hope people remember that too. It's easy, I think, to look, you know, you've got all like Kardashians and whoever else out there and they all seem so out of reach and you're like, well, is this how I'm supposed to act? No, you're supposed to act like you and be you. And that is the best thing you could possibly be. There's only one of you. So you might as well just live it up as yourself because that's the best thing you could possibly do. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I'm just, I'm amazed. Thank you so much, Laura, for joining me today. Thank you for being so open and truly appreciate you coming on and spending this hour with me. Is there anything that you want to leave before we close this out? Oh, well, I'm so grateful too. Thank you for doing what you do and, you know, bringing just positivity to the world. Cause I think there's so much negativity out there right now. We need more positive. We need more positive energy and people and all of it. And so anything that is inspirational to people and positive and good, I am all here for. So thank you for, for doing what you do as well. Cause I think it's very, very important. Um, and I hope we see more of it and, you know, let me know. I'd love to come back again for another show. I would love to have you come back on. I would love to discuss your podcast, like all the different things that you have going, all the different things that you're doing. You're really changing the narrative. So I think we definitely have to do that. Okay. It's, that. it's a deal. It's a deal. We'll talk about the right view next time. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Laura. You got it. Thanks a lot. Thank you all so much for joining another episode of She Rises Studios podcast. Please follow us online at She Rises Studios. You can also visit our website at www.sherisesstudios.com.